This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to OrbitalJigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's OrbitalJigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast and to this special episode of our patron mailbag. This is episode number six. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and I'm waiting to hear what Chris Jericho's question will be for our show today, Nick. Yeah. But, oh, oh, no, it, no, well, not sorry. That's, that's a different platform. Different platform. Oh, no. It, <laughs> this is our from our patrons. Everyone, if you are a patron of our show, we thank you so, so very much. It does mean the world to us because it enables us to do this show to do what we love to do and it helps us to keep putting out more and more content for you if you're not a patron please join up consider joining up consider giving some money to the show and if you do it means you can ask a question for this very episode and have your questions answered by mr howell and myself right here on our special uh special episodes that we do just for questions just to pick our brains and see what we think about stuff and just discuss this crazy business that we love talking about so much yes it was important enough to us that listener question segment that we've done for the last few years here on the busted wide open podcast that we wanted to give it a little more time and a little more oomph and a little more care and feeding so we broke it out into its own show yeah you can watch right here live on youtube at youtube.com slash busted wide open if you're not subscribed to the channel come on over and join us hang out in the live chat and interact with us while we live stream Every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you hit that uh, little notification bell so you get alerts and notifications on your mobile devices whenever we're going live so you don't miss out on a single show. Uh, also, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. On Facebook, given that we're about 90 minutes away from the kickoff show, the buy-in of AEW Full Gear, you want to make sure you're in our Facebook discussion group. So go over and search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. You'll find our page. Give it a like, and you'll find a uh, discussion group with a join button. Send your request. We'll get you right in where we can have the watch party for tonight's AEW buy-in, the kickoff show. They're they're. Uh, we'll do a watch party on Facebook. That's what they call it. We can interact and all watch it together. And then we're going to switch over to, you'll find a link at the top of the, of the Facebook group. You'll we'll switch over to our Discord community where we have a live chat real time going on during the show so that we keep all the spoiler content out of the Facebook group. We keep it live in the dedicated channel for AEW f- Fuel Raw. F- f- uh, full, gear, full gear, damn it, f- Nick. Full gear. Full gear. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, I keep getting that mixed up. But yes. 
Uh, AEW Full Gear tonight. We're going to have a lot of action happening both in the group and in our Discord community. Make sure you guys are joined. But the action right now is right here on YouTube, and it is with our patrons that we love very, very much. Patreon.com slash BWO if you want to get in on some of that action. Ian, yes, we are going to kick things off with the champ champ, Ooh. Mr. Andy Jessup. Two, two, weeks, two weeks until he defends the championship. The, he has two weeks until we defend. Yeah. He is the reigning, defended, undisputed champ, patrons, champ, pickums champion. Get it right. Uh, get it right there, Wide Paul Heyman. It's a lot of words lot of, to, lot to of get P, out there. A lot of P words. Yeah. Patrons, pickums. <laughs> I wish I could do that with his name. <laughs> there you no, go. I'm not going to do that ever again. Don't ever do Andy that again. Andy Jessup asks, every company has their own version of a world title, including Busted Wide Open. <laughs> uh, which one is the most prestigious, and why? which is the least, and why? Also, out of all the current champions, who's the best? Um, oh, wow. Uh, that's a- Mine's easy. I, I got to go the most prestigious, of for me, over time, is the 10 pounds of gold, the NWA championship has See, always that was, been the one that that i always held to the highest standard but that's the that's the funny thing that was uh, i had a brief second where i thought nwa title and in from a historical standpoint you certainly can point to the history and, and point to people who've held it but only recently has it been considered prestigious again right sure because ever since it was it was uh uh, thrown down by Shane Douglas in the in the mid '90s and re and re you know he threw down the title he won it said it was trash threw it down picked up the ECW belt and said this is the new real belt. Um, they, I mean he buried him. That was that was the death of the NWA uh, at that point. It was w, WCW got uh, bought out by Turner and Shane yeah. Douglas thrown thrown on the belt was the two big stakes in the in the. Uh, in the NWA, we can go into the whole Flair, history. Flair, of that Flair defected. And, 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 you know, it all went downhill really oh, quick. Yeah. All kinds of all kinds of crazy. Well, Flair defected because uh, what's his name? It was a burger guy took over uh, WCW. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but burger guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. About- oh no no no. We'll get into the whole thing another time, okay. Nick. I, I I trust me. But that's the thing is there was such a long. It's been about twenty five years. The NWA title has been considered trash, and it's only recently. Since Billy Corgan's picked it up and started making it into something again, and Nick Aldis has given it some sort of air of legitimacy, that people are starting to remember that it is a very historically prestigious belt. But yep. it's had 25 years off, so I can't really say that that's the case. Okay, tell me yours and stop telling me why I'm wrong. I'm just arguing. I'm just, just having a discussion <laughs> here, Nick. Uh, because I'm saying, like, if you're going to have a belt that has prestige, it has to have yeah. history and it has to have the people that have defended it uh, are, you know, people that are legendary as well. The NWA belt does fall into that category. You've had, you've got some incredible people who defended the NWA belt. It's also uh, got its own nickname, the Ten Pounds of Gold. You know, that's always resonated with me as well. So. The, when you get the big gold belt, and I, you know, you have the spinner belt, yeah. <laughs> like these well, nick- okay. nicknames for belts, doesn't mean they're a good belt. But for me. If you look at the history and the, the, the matches that have gone into defending the belt, the way that the champions are thought of across the board, um, the belt that has the fewest champions that you kind of roll your eyes at when you hear their name would be the IWGP heavyweight belt for New Japan. Yeah. I can't um, remember that. I, 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 I'm thinking about it. Uh, AWA, I think, had too short of a shelf life. 
Um, WWE Championship could be in the mix, but again, you've had so many champions that I don't think deserve the belt. You had a period where it was bouncing around a lot and uh, going to everybody. Certainly, historically speaking, and in terms of the size of the company, that's got to be in the discussion. Sure. Um, but but in the last 15 to 20 years, they've commoditized it. And yeah. It's turned into a... a it's, if it's you a look commodity. At, it's you look not, at a, straight it's match, not a special thing. Straight match quality and quality of champions. You could definitely talk about the All Japan uh, title. I mean, just Mitsuhara Misawa alone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I've, got, I've got to go with the IWGP as the number one for me. Uh, I'm with you there. Closely followed by NWA and WWE. Um, yeah. I, I would throw the big gold belt in there just because I love how that belt looks. Uh, whether you want to talk about the Jim Crockett one or the NWA one, but um, that one also just got so so tarnished, I think, by the end. I see so. a lot of inspiration from the traditional NWA World Championship in the AEW Championship as World Championship as well. God, that's a good-looking yeah. belt. It's it's such a good look. Like if you would ask me five years from now, and AEW continues their meteoric rise, I, I might be I might have I might struggle to not say AEW because that is a beautiful beautiful belt. Well, you can't look at how the belt looks. I mean, I've I've seen some very pretty looking belts, but doesn't mean that they're prestigious. They have that's, to have a lot of fine. history behind. If like, if if the if the sticker is which is most prestigious. Yeah, I'm sticking with NWA. Closely followed. I'm kind of just the reverse of you. Closely followed by the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in New Japan. Fair. Ian, what is the least prestigious and why? That's really tough because... That's harder for me than... That's way harder for me. Because if you're talking about current... I mean, again, you know, well, the world, the world title from some, you know, as, as, as Cornette would put it, some mud wrestling company... In the middle of nowhere, that would be the least prestigious. You know what I mean? Like, um, if we're talking major companies, like it's that's really tough because uh, maybe TNA, but even they they've had some really incredible people hold that belt. Uh, it's more just the company itself. You know, I'm not talking about Impact. I'm talking about TNA. But Impact's got the shortest shelf life. Ring of Honor has had some absolutely amazing people hold that belt. I think it's a very yeah. prestigious belt. It's just right now Ring of Honor kind of is 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 falling apart. Yeah. Um, that's incredibly hard. Yeah, to, I'd have to say just like some indie promotion. I'm not 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 even like like even lower than CZW. You know what I mean? Like something where. Uh, Esme in the chat said Rev Pro, and I kind of went. Eh. No, Tanahashi's held that belt. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Like like serious people have held the Rev Pro belt. And it's not like it's it. a goof, like the twenty four seven title or anything like that. Rev Pro is a legit belt, so yeah. I mean, if Defiant was still around, I'd say theirs, but they've all, they, you know, Drew McIntyre was their champ. You know, I mean, they've had they've had some incredible champs over there. Uh, Progress has had some incredible champs, like um, which is the least prestigious world title. I'm struggling here. I can't I can't think of one that is. <sighs> yeah, it's it's got to be something trivial that we just never really evolve. A lot of. Maybe evolve. Because like they've had some incredible people, they've had some really good champs, but they're basically a WWE feeder group at this point. Yeah. So right now, like, who cares who's evolved, who's evolved champ? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's Austin Theory right now, off the top of my head. I think he's evolved champ. Um, which you know, yeah. good for him. I'm not. I, I don't know. Maybe the CZW champ would be less prestigious than Evolve, but MLW. No, it's. I don't know. Maybe ECW? MLW just to come. To, ECW is not even around. I mean, I'm talking about like currently active titles or like recently active titles. Um, 
Yeah. Does bar does bar wrestling have a world championship? No, I don't think they do. Um, yeah, PWG is pretty prestigious. Uh, yeah, that's tough. I don't know. I don't. I. I, I also partly don't want to say because like a lot of these smaller companies, I wish yeah. them the best, and I don't want to be like, ah, screw this company. I got, I got my two-time Bola champion King Ricochet shirt all on. All right, so, all right, all right. So we can't we can't be doubt, talking down on the PWG championship. Nick is going to change his name to Mark sometime later today. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, I, that's I, I have a hard time saying what the least prestigious is. Oh, uh, who's the? What was the other question he asked? It was uh, who's uh, the best uh, champion? also out of all the current champions, who's the best? Oh, uh, well, I mean. Brock Lesnar, obviously. No. No. <laughs> Kazuchika it's Okada. Easily, it's, it's easily Kazuchika Okada. It's easily Kazuchika Okada. Guy is all like, time. Jericho he, may be a close second. He holds, Kazuchika he holds, Okada. Okay, yeah. Uh, Okada holds all the records for that title. What, yeah. the, the title I just called the most prestigious title in the world. He holds all the records for them, uh, pretty much. And, so, and it will be a long time before anyone comes close to getting anywhere near all those some records. Some of those records, yeah, for length of reign, uh, total consecutive, like total cumulative Number of reigns, reigns consecutive number, yeah, reigns, no. all that stuff. Yeah, it's got to be Okada. Got to be Okada. Yeah. Thank you very much, Champ Champ, and good luck in a couple weeks. And I'm serious. I want to see some some promos from you patrons coming after the champ champ because we can't have him three-peat. All right? So let's see it happen. Thank you very much, and good luck at Survivor Series. Uh, next up, we had Brian who asked, we've seen Paige's story turned into a movie. Is there any other wrestlers, past or present, that you'd love to see their life story turned into a serious movie? Uh, who would you want to play the wrestlers and or supporting cast members? Also, would you like to, who would you like to see direct it? I've heard they're trying to make a Flair movie. I know they're trying to make. I've a always H wanted Hogan a Ric movie. Flair movie, and yeah. I think they they do have one in development. Yeah. So stay tuned on that one. I know there's a um, few. There's a few that they're developing. Flair would be a great movie. Uh, Hogan, I know they're in the works on that. I don't know if that'd be a great movie because good luck getting history right with all the BS, the the, the pool of lies. You have no idea what's true and what's not. Um. I would love to see a Harley Race movie, personally. Ooh, that's that a guy one. has a fascinating story. That is a that is a tough son of a gun. You get John C. Riley to play him, because um, I mean everyone thinks of John C. Riley's comedy. The dude can do serious as well, really well. Um, he's still, I think, at an age where he can play young Harley if they use some of that, like the Irishman special effects, and he can play old Harley. Um, that's a guy who had an absolutely insane life, like the highest highs, the lowest lows, um, the top of my head, I'm going to say Harley race. I'm sure if I marinate on it, I'll come up with, uh, another, uh, another good one, but off the top of my head, Harley race would be an absolutely would, uh, baller movie. Yeah, I'm going to throw macho man, Randy Savage out there. Um, I don't know who Jesus, who do you get to you do would cast? to do that wow uh but i would love to see uh, a biopic type of like serious movie about his comeuppance and the evolution of the macho man from what we knew in the late 80s to snap into a slim gym show his know? show his uh his baseball era like that guy was a top baseball player yes and he got injured he got, had a bum knee all of that stop yeah i mean you could definitely show like who he was outside of the because he was known for being you know, pretty like he just he turned himself up to eleven to be Macho Man on TV, but he was known for being pretty much that guy in real life. 
So I'd be curious to see someone take on that role. I mean, the way that Hollywood's going these days, it would probably be Robert Pattinson playing him. But at the same time, <laughs> I would still, I would, yeah, I would be curious to see a Macho Man movie. But it would just be difficult, I think, to not have him come across across as a caricature. Um, right. Right. Yeah. I just, I, again, it's one of those, once Hollywood gets their hooks into something, they tend to, like, make stuff up to fill in the gaps, and that's where I would start to get a little bit concerned. Like, how do we, I would almost rather see a, a 60-minute YouTube documentary by someone that actually knows wrestling history and all of that stuff to make a 60-minute documentary of sorts. Uh, but if we're talking about, like, a proper Hollywood film, like Page, like wrestling with my family, which was actually fighting with my fine family. film. Yeah, or fighting with my. I family. was Sorry. okay. Now, let me be clear. I'll be I clear. When they very pleasantly surprised when they announced that movie, that movie, I was like, "There's no way it's going to be good." I'm like, my thought was, Paige doesn't have enough history. I just have enough time with the company to be to make an interesting movie, and it was the angle that they took in the movie, which was making it like a fun family kind of drama, kind of comedy. Like it was just, it was fun, right? It wasn't too serious. It was about coming up in the wrestling business. That angle that they took on it, I agree, Nick. I was pleasantly surprised. I was shocked. Vin- Vince Vaughn was the anchor of the secret anchor of that film. Oh, absolutely. You definitely have to have the 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 hidden talent, like the the hidden heroes, the MVPs. Um, yep. But that's that's what makes me like. I, you know, I think Harley Race is low hanging fruit. Page would have been someone that I would never like. If we'd on this show, we're like, "What would you think about a Page movie?" I'd be like, "No way! Come on! Who gives a?" She already has enough movies out there online. You can find them with a quick Google search. Uh, we don't need to have any more of those. Um, sorry, bad joke. I'd but, love to see one. We even though we know his entire history at this point because it's been talked about ad nauseum. I'd love to see one of Dwayne Johnson, of his coming up through yeah. Uh, College a, football, right? He the had whole a really story about match. having seven dollars in his pocket that he's told right. a bunch of times, going to Canadian football and not making it, and having seven dollars and having to get back to Miami, and then calling his dad and trying to out and all that stuff before he ever got to be Rocky Maivia with the blue feather shit on WWEF. He went through all that stuff, and that right there, uh, going through steroids in the nineties uh, with with football and athletics and. All of that stuff, right? There's a huge story there, not to mention what's happened after for yeah. the last 10 years in Dwayne Johnson's life. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's got, like, some some darkness in their life is, and then, you know, either a tragic ending or a happy ending is going to make for a good story. I think Bruiser Brody would make it for a good movie. That'd, yeah. be, a, that'd be a really good one. Um, you know, the, some, like, I always kind of tend to think about, like I said, like the Page one, I, did, I would never have guessed that, that would have worked because I don't think that modern stories have been told yet. Like, we don't know the whole story. Right. Yeah. So it's harder for me to envision that as a movie. I automatically go back to all of the crazy road stories that we've heard back in the day. And can you imagine, like, if you did like a Roddy Rowdy Roddy Piper movie, and all of the crazy shit those guys were doing to each other on the road? You could have cameos cameos from Mr. Perfect uh, doing yeah. crazy ribs, <laughs> Haku's ripping someone's nose off, whatever it is. You know what I mean? You could have like all these road stories feed into that story. Of the main of the main character because of all of the crazy shit that was happening with those guys that we've never seen put on film because those really re- made wrestling movies. Like the closest we had to a real wrestling movie was The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, where they showed what goes on behind wrestling. That was the only one that wasn't a documentary; that was a drama about what it's really like to be a wrestler. And I'm anxious to see. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say that you've got room to do more of that. 
like what would have I would have been curious to see uh, uh, Randy the Ram in his heyday. Like, what's that movie? You know, I'm not saying they should do a wrestler prequel, but I'm saying like you've got real wrestlers from history. You could do that kind of prequel about. So that would be a really good look. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, brother. Uh, there's a couple of things. Um, I'm anxious to see if you guys haven't heard the interview that we did a few months ago with Ryan Nemeth, Hot Young Briley, uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother. Uh, he's he's they're currently in production on a film that he crowdfunded called Heal. Crowdfunded successfully, I should say. Yes. And they're currently making them. And it's about the dark sides of the wrestling business around sexual assault that happens. I'm, I, I know nothing more really about the story other than what he told us in the interview. And I'm anxious to see what comes out of that and whether it's going to do some good for the wrestling business or if it's going to shine another dark spot on wrestling in general and, you know, give people... And yet another reason to you know look poorly upon the wrestling business. So that's one. Two, the other curveball I'm going to throw at you, Jesse Ventura. I would absolutely love to see a Jesse Ventura sort of life story dra- dramatized. Uh, go back to Minnesota with Vern, Vern Gagne uh, all the way up through him working with WWWF and Vince and then on commentary and then the falling out that they had. Yeah, and then trying, to union, somehow, trying to unionize. I think that would be re- relevant because yes. he, was, he was the guy who was trying to unionize WWE, and that's a lot of talk right now is the fact that you know you have all these wrestlers who are held hostage financially by Vince McMahon. and John uh, Oliver covered it. AEW made a big stink about giving the yeah. wrestlers full benefits and all earlier this year. So, And then his ascension at, to governorship, getting into politics. politics and yeah. the, you know, I don't know if they'll get to the fact that he's turned into the Crypt Keeper somehow, but it's just... Like, how is – I would love to see the last 40 years of Jesse Ventura's life dramatized into a two- to three-hour film. I, I, that guy has been through just about everything that you could go through, and I I would love to see that, but it'll never happen. Yeah, he, he, he WWF will never let it happen. He went from ain't got time to bleed to so dried up he can't bleed. But, yeah, I would be interested in that story as well. Uh, yeah. He is a fascinating guy, and – Although he has kind of gone into the conspiracy theorist nut job side of things, he's now. one I want to see get on Jericho's podcast and talk. He's with been Jericho. on Jericho's podcast. No, but no, but do you remember how him and Bo Dallas went into conspiracy theories a year yes. or so ago? I want to see Jesse Ventura and 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 Jericho have a conspiracy theory off Dude, with each other. I would can, my my head would explode. You can throw <laughs> all the damn conspiracy theories out there you want on Jericho's podcast, and I won't say a damn peep or I won't say a damn tweet. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm all for that. Uh, for those of you who've been following my my tribulations on Twitter lately, yes, uh, <laughs> apparently everybody has, and it got picked up and, and syndicated with Fox News. Uh, yeah, across thanks the for reminding. Anyway, thanks Moving Fox on. News. Uh, for, anyway, uh, thank you, Brian. Apparently, obviously, Ian and I are very big movie geeks, so we could go into this for hours and hours. Uh, next up, Patrick asks, uh, "Do you guys think that Brock Lesnar going back to Raw means that we'll see Ronda?" show back up on SmackDown sooner rather than later? Um, I don't think that they're they're related. I think that... I don't either. You know, I think that... Because Ronda's out until she has a baby. Ronda's out to get pregnant and have a start a family. She'll be out for a few years. If she comes back, when she comes back, who knows if Brock will still be in the picture. Um, 
So, no, I don't... Go watch the first two or three episodes of Total Divas, and we might not ever see Ronda Rousey in the WWE again. Yeah. That's the impression that I'm getting, is that she doesn't care. Yeah. They're on their farm up in Bakersfield or northern L.A., wherever it is. Uh, what do they call it? Brown's, Brown's Farm or something like that. I can't remember. But they're, she's walking around in like mud boots and hunting gear and camo. And Loving like it. Just could not give a shit about wrestling right now. Yep. So... I, I don't know if we'll ever see her back, regardless of what it has to do with Brock. Is it called Brown's Farm? Really? Uh, Browsy, Browsy oh. Acres or oh, something like I that? Oh, I see, I see, I see. I see why Something like that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say Brown's Farm. Why would you name your farm after a shitty football team? Anyway. Uh, uh, he also asked, uh, also with Finn giving the finger guns to AJ while he had the two sweet up, was a signal to Adam Cole to attack AJ, or do you think we'll actually get the phenomenal ones. I don't think that it was a signal to attack AJ. I definitely think it was a like an ICU kind of thing and also yeah. definitely to try to tickle some fans on their heinies, which it worked for it Nick. Worked. It worked for Nick and it worked honestly, it worked for me too. I was sitting there going, oh, 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 oh. Um, you know, well obviously but That's more of Bullet we'll, Club history, we'll you know, never uh, see, than anything. Right. We'll never see all the leaders of Bullet Club in, in the same room together. That's just because politics, but Although if we did, that'd be cool. But that's about as close as we're going to get, and yeah. that was pretty sweet. Uh, at least on the same page, you know. Obviously, like we saw them have a match, but it was it was very different than um, them actually being on the same page and 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 healing it up. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think that was just a fan service moment. It worked. <laughs> Thank Big you very time. much Big for time. the questions, there, Patrick. Uh, next up, Jacob. Who has been the best NXT champion? The best NXT women's champ. Oh, the best NXT tag champ and the best <laughs> North American champ. And what has been the best match for each of those titles? Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. my God. We're, guys, we're going to have to start doing research on some of these. We try and answer these as cold and off the cuff as we like can. Like, So, best NXT champion? Who, who do you got for best NXT champion so far? For me, it's Finn Balor. I'm going to have to say the same thing. In terms of length of reign, he was there... Um, when NXT really, I think, blew up and became, I think he's what it the one now. that put NXT, yeah, in the mainstream. Yeah, with the demon, I think so. Uh, you know, and, gimmick. And part of that was just right place, right time, because there's certainly other champs that you can talk about as being as having more like exciting matches, whether that's the uh, Gargano Champa feud, uh, sure. you know, or or even like Drew McIntyre. I think did really good work in NXT, um, but I think just like some of everything, uh, you know. You, the sum of everything, you'd have to say Finn Balor, just because of, of what NXT became under his reign and what his reign helped NXT become. So, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. Finn Balor, best NXT champ, makes it all the more uh, beautiful and relevant that he, uh, he would then come back to NXT. Right best now. NXT championship match. His best, uh, Samoa Joe. Well, I think. Oh, or Kevin Owens in Japan? Mm, that's tough. No, I'm saying he. So the question was, what has been the best match for each of the titles? So what's your oh. what's your best NXT Championship title match? Not necessarily Finns. I mean, it's got to be Gargano and, and Andrade, right? Mm, yeah. Mm. It's got to be. No, we we some of those Cole that first or second Adam Cole Gargano match this year was. Mm. Yeah. Not the not the cage one, but uh, the asylum match or whatever it was, but the the one before that. 
holy smokes, that one was great. Uh, well, Wilmer Gargano had him uh, in the Gargano escape, and he was just rearing back and screaming, doing that. To, oh my god, that was a little, was too, that, it, little too finisher spammy for me. A little like an overbooked ending. Like that that Gargano Andrade match was just absolute freaking perfection. I've got. I, I don't know. I'm gonna go back. I'm probably gonna go back to Kevin's. Some of Kevin's matches probably is the what? No, the, what did Kevin have that was any kind of a good title match with who? He didn't. He had some decent matches. Nothing that was like all time. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. It, he, I think I, I think it's just warm fuzzy memories. I don't remember Kevin Owens having any like like all time classics. Like we we're we we're in a uh, the last couple of years have just been lights out with NXT. Cristiano in the chat said Shinsuke Joe. Shinsuke Joe I, was great. The problem with I'd that have to, the problem with Shinsuke yeah. Joe. It, I, I'm I'm starting to jump in here, Nick. But the problem with Shinsuke yep. Joe is they stopped the match to stop Joe from bleeding. <laughs> they didn't just let it go. Although I did yeah. like when he when he when he kneed him in the face and Joe pretended like his jaw was dislocated. That was beautiful. <laughs> if he if it, if it was pretend. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, that's man. That's that's man's chance. It's got. It's if you're. I'm still thinking about the Kevin Owens matches, and it's got to be the Balor <laughs> match. You know, right. it's the the one uh, like you know in Japan. And, and, that, and that, funny enough, right? Uh, Beast in the East stuff. So yeah. Thank you very much for the question. Oh, we've got to do others. Oh, yeah, Jacob asked a whole, whole bunch of other All ones, right. man. So best NXT Women's Champ, Oscar. Duh. Oscar. Uh, best NXT Women's Champion Championship match. Oscar's best match, either Ember Moon or Nikki Cross, last woman standing. Was that for the championship, though? I believe that latter, so. That last woman standing match with Nikki Cross? I believe it was. Because that was easily the best one if it was. No, Ember Moon was the best one. Ember Moon, that match was unbelievable. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say the last, man, last woman standing match with Nikki Cross because I'm not sure whether it was for the title or not. But I think okay. that, was the, that was the easily best one. Okay. Uh, and then we have the NXT Tag Championships. Uh, this is you, oh god, this is tough. This is DIY. Tough. No, uh, it's it's got to be uh, it's got to be the Ascension. <laughs> I keyed, I keyed, I keyed. Um, oh, I I might be I might have to say Undisputed Era. Like, think about how many awesome matches they've started off takeovers with. With Mustache Mountain, or with whoever, um, I'm yeah. going back and trying to think of all the different tag teams that have been at the top. Okay, I agree with you on Undisputed Era. Now the question is: Is it Red Dragon or is it with Roderick Strong? Oh, uh, Red Dragon, Red Dragon. Yeah, Red, good answer. Yeah, yeah. O'Reilly Fish. Um, their best match. Uh, I mean, Jesus, they're uh, pretty much anyone that they opened a show with. Uh, there was one that was just super insane and super hot. Which one was that one? It wasn't uh, Lorcan was and Birch. Was it the Lorcan and Birch? That one was really good, and that one was just... <laughs> Ow. Oh, my God. Stiff AF. Uh, no, there was another one. It wasn't... wasn't was it, must- it was Mustache Mountain, wasn't but it? That was, they had a, that was on NXT TV, and it was really good. They did, they did a couple of good ones with Mustache Mountain. Yeah. Um... I think that's the best one, honestly. That's what's really bubbling up to the top of my memory banks. I feel like there was another match they had that was opening a, a takeover, and I'm spacing it right now. Damn. Um, chat that was chat the- says DIY Revival or Mustache Mountain versus Riley Strong. 
Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. Must, Mizami, Mustache Mountain versus Riley Strong. I mean, DIY Revival is one of my favorite tag feuds. DIY Revival uh, AOP is one of my favorite yeah. tag feuds. DIY actually. AOP is probably one of mine too. Like yeah. that's that that whole thing just blew my damn mind. Some of the best tag wrestling in the modern era, and, and it that's, led to the split. You know, oh, all the stuff. Oh, just that so whole stuff. good. Like, go back and revisit. Like, if you're new or it's, you've lapsed, go back and revisit the build of DIY AOP that ultimately led to Tommaso turning on Gargano. With revival, that ultimately led to him coming back with the revival. Oh. That ultimately led to him coming back, and we had the whole thing we did throughout all of 2018 that we called that we would have that moment. And, that oh moment my God. When, when it was DIY revival, and at the end, they both had him in the submissions, and Dash and Wilder were holding onto each other's hands, trying to not tap, and then they couldn't, and they had to tap at the end. The crowd just went nuclear, and DIY, DIY won the belts. One of the best moments in NXT ever. Um, I still got to say Undisputed Era, and they're not done with their tag reign yet. Like, they're, yeah. they're fantastic. Nowhere close to being done, it feels like. No. Uh, okay, we got to do the same thing for the North American Championship. As young as that title is, yeah, that's is, a limited championship, right, right there. Um, it, I'm going to go Velveteen Dream is probably the best champ. Ooh. I mean, I mean, what do we got? Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream, Ricochet and Adam Cole. I think that's those are the guys that have held it. Uh, and I'm going to say Adam Cole on that one. Cole, Cole, Ricochet was f- stupid. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Stupid. I just like I like Velveteen Dream and what he's been doing. I hate that he's hurt right now. That really put a huge brake pump on what he was uh, building. But I think he's going to come back strong. I think he's going to get it right back. I, that's I, where I'm. I, I, I think know. Dream was fine, but I think his his reign was a little bit lackluster. It, you know, a couple of fine matches, but uh, I liked him. I liked his matches better when he wasn't didn't have a belt involved. Um, yeah. Cole right. Cole being the first champ, winning it in that absolutely batshit insane ladder match. Okay. And then okay. every match he had defending it was lights out. Okay. You've convinced me. You're right. right? It, it, it is totally Adam Cole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, I forgot I forgot about that initial match to determine the winner or the, the, the inaugural champ. Yeah. Just fantastic. Uh, okay. And da, 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 da. okay. That was it. Great. All right. There we go. There's our rundown <laughs> on NXT history. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. That was a really fun one to uh, go back down the memory lane. It makes me want to go watch some old NXT now. I'll do some research uh, on it. As if I don't have enough wrestling to watch. And I know it's one of those things we're going to do research on it and be like, oh, my God, I forgot about that one. No, I forgot about that match. Oh, no. So much stuff. Uh, next thing, up, it's, brand- a thing we, it's a good thing we have short-term memories like Vince thinks we do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I do, I, actually. I, I really do. Uh, next up, Martin. Welcome to the Phenomenal Ones, Martin. Well, yeah, brand brother. new patron. Uh, thank you very much for joining uh, joining the team. Yeah, brother. Uh, he says, other than Charlotte Flair, do you think any current st- uh, stars are ever going to get more championship runs than Ric Flair? Should anyone get more title runs than Rick? Um, First of all, Rick's title record is an arbitrary number anyway, made up by WWE. So, you know, it's... Rick will always be Rick, no matter right. what number they put next to his name. Um, so I'm not really worried about someone beating this particular number. Obviously, they're gonna they're trying to have Charlotte do it, which you know, fine, whatever. Um, cute. <laughs> um, the only other person who's anywhere close, realistically, who, who could do it is is uh, John Cena. Randy Orton. He's only got 13, 14, 14. I believe. Hmm. You'd have to do a little bit of juggling with his career to... He just signed five more years. He did sign five more years. 
I guess it's so, theoretically possible. Should they, they should, don't sign people to five-year contracts to let them do nothing. Should, well, that's should not true Randy at all. beat that number? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's earned it. I think he's, I, I don't he's, he's a dude that, that's coasts. He coasts. He's a guy that had such incredible potential, and he's reached. I mean, he's done more than you know pretty much anybody else has done in history. He's definitely got to be in the top couple of percents percentiles in history, and yet it's still the perception that he could have been so much more. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's how it much is. potential this guy had. And yet, he didn't reach his potential. <laughs> yet, he's still one of the greatest of all time. I don't and think I, and that I he think should he's, be he's, record. Like, the, the last... You, uh, if you take John Cena out of the picture, you could really sit WWE up on Randy Orton's shoulders of the last 10 to 20 years. Like, he's been a figurehead of a lot of... If you look at some of the stuff that he did with The Rock in the early days... Uh, the early 2000s and all the way up to today. But they he's tried still to in the cha- they, He's still in the championship picture with gender and with Daniel Bryan and with everybody. The championship he's picture, but he's not, he's not holding up the company. He they tried to have that happen, and just because of his, you know, because of who he was, how he dealt, you know, like how he dealt with everything, his lackadaisical attitude, uh, going out there and doing dumb shit like getting busted for for drugs and everything else. They couldn't rest it on his shoulders, and they rested it on John Cena's instead. And that's one of the reasons why they survived yeah. through those years. Is Cena was a company man who was clean as a whistle, and well, for the most part, and you know, just went out there and, and did his job. And he was tirelessly working and always hustling. Yeah, right. That's why Cena now has sixteen, and Randy has fourteen. And you know, yes, Randy's still with the company, but he's just kind of there. And Cena's out there becoming a movie star. I think if so. Cena the question came- was. Do you think any current WWE stars are ever going to get more? I think yes. I think to answer that question directly, I think Who? yes, there will be someone that gets more. Who? I could see Cena coming back for a that's mine Legends run, tribute run, and to get that one more. You know, it's not going to be me two years ago calling him to run the gamut of Rumble to Mania. But uh, should anyone get more title runs than Rick? Yes, I think so. Eventually, yes. Is it probably going to be Charlotte be the first one? Yes, it probably will be. Absolutely, yeah. She, I yeah. think she's. They're they're gunning for her to get it. They're stacking her title reigns. Or at this rate, the new day. You never know. They, they you know. <laughs> the pro, The problem with Charlotte is that like she's going to get she's going to get the the number, and then someone's going to come along in a promo. Uh, which is the problem with a lot of times with promos is they actually cut down the wrestler instead of actually building a feud, and someone's going to say, "Yeah, you got sixteen feuds. They were all short as hell." You had like like four two day few two day reigns. Congratulations, you know your dad ran eighteen different companies on his shoulders for fifteen years. Meanwhile, you've barely run this one for five. Right. I don't know. It's it's yeah. all arbitrary. I don't think any. It's gonna be. It's her and Cena right now. That's it. That's I don't see anyone else even possible. Uh, chat says Brock, but I don't know if Brock's got legs to make it that far at this point. He has to lose I think he, the title. He's now. got the record now for longest reign, right? After he he beat the Punk number, in Vince's biggest move of spite ever. Didn't he? Didn't he top that number of the longest reign? Uh, no. I mean, modern era, because I mean, remember Bruno held it for like years. Hogan oh, held it for yeah, years. Oh yeah, yeah. He beat Punk's number, the four hundred and something. Yeah, days yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, thank you very much, for Martin, for the question. Welcome to the phenomenal uh, one, I don't, sir. How many reigns has he had, though? How many reigns has Brock had? Like eight or something? I don't know. Uh, I'll ask the next question. You can uh, you can look that I mean, up. I'll look it up. I'll look, I'll look it up. Throw it back quick. to it. Next okay. up is uh, Brandon. Uh, who do you think in AEW 
will have a rivalry the likes of John Cena and Randy Orton spanning countless years. Uh, I think we might be looking at one right now. I think Cody Jericho. I think we might be seeing Cody Jericho go on for a long, long time. And it'll come in and out. It'll come in waves. We'll see Jericho do something to spite. We'll inevitably see some kind of turn one way or the other where they're on the same page and then turning back where they screw the other one over. Yeah, I think Cody Jericho could be one of the longest running, at least initial feuds in AEW. Um, that That's easily my pick. Uh, I, I'm struggling to think of anything else because it is still so new. There's nothing that's as foundational so far. It would be fun to see Omega Moxley go on for a long time. I just don't have enough to base that on yet. But the fact that they came out of the gates hot with Moxley's debut at Double or Nothing with him uh, basically AAing him off a stack of poker chips onto tables, uh, that that just really set the bar. And then we've seen this con- consistent thing all summer and all into the fall, all through the rest of the year between Omega and Moxley. There's hope there that that could turn into something long term. So, what about you, Ian? Uh, did you find anything over there on Brock? By the way, uh, I'm I'm having trouble with it, but uh, right. I'll 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 figure it out. But um, I might have just found it actually. Uh, he has been five times, five times the WWE champion. So he's got a long way to That's go. That's it. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, three times it feels like so much more. Three times with the Universal. So eight times with the, with a big belt in WWE, but only five times with the uh, black and gold. Gotcha. So, um. People who could be like the John Cena, Randy Orton. Um, first of all, I don't think that's. The, I I understand I understand what what Brandon is going for here, with a, a feud that spans a long time, right? Like, yeah. um, the fight forever kind of feud. I don't think of Randy Orton and John Cena when I think of that. I think of the most boring era in WWE when I think of that that <laughs> team up. But I understand what he's getting at. Yeah, I know what he's saying. Um. I think yeah, Cody Jericho could be could be one they could build into that based on what they have right now. Um, if you wanted to, you could theor. I think Moxley Omega would be a really interesting dynamic to have spread over a bunch of years. Um, and you could you could shift dynamics with that one and really create some interesting backstory with those guys. Uh, but as you said, Nick, like it's we're too early days right now. Like we've barely had anything in AEW, and so right now it would be more like whose current character would you would you like to see with another current character uh, over a number of years? And I, you know, I, there's going to be so much evolution that's going to happen. And they're going to find so many different nuances. Um, I think to have something like that, the fundamental thing here we have to understand is that they have to have time. Yeah, the company. There's the company be time. has to exist longer than nine months. I mean, I could, I could see, yeah. you know, MJF and Cody having a ten-year feud oh. once Cody finally, once MJF finally turns on him and it becomes a blood feud and it just lasts forever. And MJF is like his nemesis. You know, I could see that, but they have a lot of work to do towards that. And it's, you know, it's very early days yet. We haven't. I mean, we MJF may it's never been a turn month. on him. <laughs> MJF may never turn on him. We don't know. So there's, yeah, there's a lot that we have yet to see. Right now, all we can really see is. Maybe Jericho Cody could be a long-term feud because they have really great chemistry and they they play off each other well and in their current dynamic. But beyond that, it's it's hard to really yeah. see because even like in the early days of Orton Cena, you couldn't really see that they were gonna 
matchup for years and years and years to come. It just happened to be that they were the two top guys. Yeah. So, I think the Orton Rock stuff was better than the Orton Cena stuff. So I I, I always call back to that um, as an example rather than Orton Cena, even though they were the foundational parts of that tenure of of WWE. No, my uh, favorite, my favorite Orton stuff is still the match with the uh, with Mick Foley when he when he did the tax spot. I was I, I got a lot of respect for him then. It's <laughs> like oh boy, uh, just oh. makes me uncomfortable. I can feel I can. I can, my back right now. And when I think of Randy Orton, I think of like one of three things, and one of those three things is always his expression as he sits up from taking that tack bump. Like right after Mick drops on the tacks and he sits up and you can just see his eyes are bugging wide open and his mouth is Ugh! he's never taken a thumbtack spot before in his life. And that that expression is 100% real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, what have I done? So. In case you missed it this week, Jimmy Havoc took another staple to the forehead. Of course he you did. Know. To the tongue, course, too, I but, believe. But he did. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, thank you very much, Brandon. Good question. Uh, next up, Billy has a two-parter for us. Uh, what is your favorite piece of wrestling merchandise? Could be something big or even just a T-shirt. Of all my stuff, I have a crazy fondness for my purple Villain Club shirt. For some reason, Fair Ian, enough. I'm gonna grab mine real quick. But okay, why don't you tell oh people, yeah, so you're gonna go grab your Nia Jax uh, shrine over there. Your your Nia Jax stand up. Absolutely not what I'm going to do. Oh, oh, okay. But why don't you tell the folks while I grab mine real quick? <laughs> well, I gotta think of what mine is. Uh, it could be I. Uh, I have most of it kind of scattered around me here. It could be my signed Mick Foley picture back here. Uh, I got a signed Mick Foley pick or uh, early. Uh, most of it behind me. Early Pro Wrestling Illustrated with Hogan on the front. I've got a, I got a signed uh, Pentagon Junior mask up there, kind of out of out of out of camera shot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I it's funny. I don't. I never got that much merch. Like I've never been a really big merch guy. Um, I got a couple of knickknacks here and there. And it was one thing that like when we were putting the show together, and I was like, well, I got to create the space around here and. You know, put some stuff on the walls. I'm like, wow, I really don't have a lot of stuff. I got like a New Japan scarf or, or towel and a, you know, a couple of a couple of. You have a Lucha. signed Mick Foley picture. That's what know, I was saying. Jesus. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a that's a that's a that was one. That's of my, a that's, treasure. Right that's there, one of especially my, for I you. I also well, I've also got a signed. Uh, you can't. I don't think you can see it on this either. But I got a signed. I got a signed Mick Foley shirt. I got some signed Mick Foley stuff. Like he's my he's my. I got signed stuff from from Mr. Mick because he's my boy. Yeah. Um, I think my my one of my favorite modern things is good old Gerald here. Yeah, uh, we love Gerald, a, aka Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Although freaking man, Takashi's killing me. Uh, he he keeps getting new cats, and I'm like, man, I'm just getting one. I'm not getting you know, uh, uh Carol and now Percy the pig in a, in a in a uh, Assassin's Creed outfit. Like they're going crazy with this over here. I can't keep up. <laughs> so that's my. Uh, so mine is something that I got earlier this year on our trip to LA, nonetheless. And it's some, it's one of those things that I immediately went back to my teens as something that I remember wanting. Um, somebody gave me one of the old throwback, like foam merchandise, yes. stone cold, stone cold belts. Oh my God. And just from the attitude era it's it's everything that i remember kind of falling in love with wrestling about is kind of symbolized in this um it it's not like a very valuable piece of merch but you know you've got the old attitude era 
plate. Uh, you've got obviously got Stone Cold, the Smoking Eyes logo, um, just all of the stuff. That's I, I pretty absolutely sweet. Love love this thing. Um, and it was when somebody gave it to me earlier this year out of an old box. They were emptying out a storage locker and they found all this old merch. Um, the other thing I'll show you real quick. One sec. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to tell a funny story because I actually have another piece of merch that's not around here. That's uh, um, I, I have a love-hate relationship with. Um, back in the day, uh, if you listen to Going In Raw, another re- fantastic wrestling podcast. If you don't listen to it, definitely I'll just check show it this out. real quick to the YouTube audience. The entire box set of VHS tapes. Oh, my God. Of all the WrestleManias. VHS tapes. Yeah, I don't have a VCR. But I've got every <laughs> WrestleMania up to like WrestleMania 20, I think it is. Oh, uh, I wonder how much of our audience even knows what VHS tapes are. Anyway, uh, yeah. Ba- so back in the day, uh, if you listen to Going in Raw, one of the hosts, uh, I used to live with with uh, Larson from Going in Raw, and, and obviously we knew Steve from back in the day as well. And uh, Steve used to bust my balls and call me Mark Shop Zone because one day, like, I got a shipment of a whole bunch of WWE T-shirts, and he was like, "Jesus Christ!" Back when they had their their online merchandise store was called. Shop Zone, WWE Shop Zone. And uh, so I got a huge package from Shop Zone. And he was like, You, Mark, look at all the stuff you got from Shop Zone. So he started calling me Mark Shop Zone. That uh, was my nickname for years, and I freaking hated it. And uh, <laughs> I've, I've come around on it now. I think it's actually very witty. But, um, but he, <laughs> the son of a bitch, uh, one day called me. I was like, Dude, I know you're a big fan of Kurt Angle. I got you a signed Kurt Angle picture. And I was like, That's amazing, man. Thank you. He's like, no problem. I'll get you next time I see you. Next time I see him, he gives it to me. And on it, it says, to Shop Zone, best wishes, Kurt Angle. <laughs> I was like, you son of a bitch. And I don't know where that picture is. It's around somewhere, but I got to find it. That was just the, <laughs> <laughs> just the great ball busting. I want that uh, up on your wall, Shop. I'm going to start calling you Shop Zone, too. I got to find it. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. That's good. I, it's fun to throw back on that, and I think a lot of people like I, I'll the shirt I'm wearing right now is significant to me because it's when you introduced me to what going to PWG was like uh, in 100 degrees, 120 degrees in the American <laughs> Legion in the oven in the middle of the San Fernando Valley, yes, right? The Encino and oven. I you know, and and I got to meet and shake hands with Ricochet, and we got the bumper that we play all the time. Uh, right there, right then and there, when I bought this T-shirt, I yeah. handed Ricochet a twenty-dollar bill and bought a T-shirt from him to support support his merch sales. Right, and we've done that so many times since. And just all the, the all, this this one especially is is significant for me. But yeah, I've got a bunch of Brock uh, Braun Strowman shirts, I should say, yeah. uh, as well as figures and things like that that have just come in over time. But there's ones that are significant and have meaning, and this this shirt's definitely one of them for for us doing this show for sure. Yeah, it's great. Now I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. By the way, you you gave a hint what? on something. I'm not gonna. Tell oh boy, I can tell you. No, what. no, you're, you're gonna. You said I said Brock. By you're gonna give me some Brock crap. Anyway, uh, Billy's second question: uh, A new promotion opens up in your neighborhood, and they need talent. Oh boy, what would you want to do? Ring announcer, wrestler, manager, commentary, oh, or just behind the scenes creative? Oh, that poor, poor promotion. Um. Uh, oof. They need talent. What would you do? Ring another. I could be a good ring announcer. And no. I would love to do. I would love to be a ring announcer. Not I've if you always, didn't like that. No, I just. I, I have a huge <laughs> big voice, and I would love to use it to yell it, to yell stuff out. Right. I mean, that, um, yeah. At least that way, when you try to, you almost get kicked out of a hotel. You could say, "Look, I'm a ring announcer. I'm practicing." Instead of it's just, good shit, pal. Yeah. You know, right. 
Uh, um, I would love to be creative. I would love to book long-term book. Oh God! Line, oh right? no! And, Don't and, give and, Nick and, that power. Oh no! Oh God, no! Oh! I no bullshit. Oh. I've applied a couple of times oh. to be a writer at WWE. Oh, now we know why you never got in. <laughs> well, well, you hear the stories coming out of there. Do you really want the job now? You know, this was years ago. Well, yeah, exactly. That's a good point, but. Yeah, no, that's I, uh, honestly like I, I had considered it as well. I've never, and that's the thing. A, never done any TV writing, and B, right. I've heard the stories come out of WWE, and no, thank you. Yeah. Um, Underpaid, but, overworked, overtraveled, all yeah. that shit. Just and I, nobody wants to live in Stamford, Connecticut. I promise you. Yeah, I definitely, so. definitely would not be a wrestler because I am, I am old and I'm not in shape to be a wrestler yeah. right now. Uh, I, you know, I'd have to be twenty years younger and. Uh, back in the actually back in the condition I was in 20 years ago, I, I maybe had a basis of something I could turn into a wrestler, but not not now for sure. Uh, you, you give me a bump now, I'll crumble into dust like Spider Man. Um, but same uh, commentary, maybe could take a shot at. Just obviously, Nick, we're both talkers, and we both have microphones in front of our faces right now, and that gives us yeah. the ability to potentially be a commentator. But the one thing that you know, when I listen to commentary. On uh, on wrestling programs, one thing that always strikes me is the best commentary are the guys who know the business inside and out, and who also are really quick on their feet and very funny. Jerry Lawler and Jim Cornette are two guys I listen to and go, those guys have notes of funny sayings in front of them. Uh, they're very quick witted, and they also, from a distance, you know, Cornette right now on NWA doesn't have a TV monitor. He's watching a match right in front of him, and he can call a move from 20 feet away. Sometimes I'll see a move and not be able to figure out what it was right away or not. You know, there's thousands of moves and holds and everything else. I don't have that lexicon right at the front of my brain because, you know, I 100% of my life is not spent watching wrestling, unfortunately. I wish it were. And, you know, if this podcast continues to grow and be successful as it is right now, then maybe we could see something about that. But, you know, I've also up in my brain, I've got, a, you know, a whole history of horror movies and, and uh, drinks for the bar and and all kinds of others, of music and everything else that's up there. So I don't have room for all the wrestling moves. It's not you know, right there ready to be pulled out of the front of my brain the way that you would need it to be if you were on commentary. On this show, hat, I can I can Hat tip to Excalibur for that. I, I think he stands out as somebody that just knows right off the cuff wrestling moves constantly. Just watching him call AEW stuff, I, I enjoy his enthusiasm and his level of knowledge. Mara Ranallo as well. Yeah. Um, just those two guys are probably oh at my the top God. for me right it's now. It's a reverse reverse avalanche Jimmy Gunzel. Haven't seen one of those in about 20 years. You, It was popularized by Keiji Muto back in Japan. What the hell? Like yeah. that kind of stuff is it, where I go like, <laughs> that guy yeah. should be on commentary. So, yeah, maybe if I'm... Mar Morrow's like web of connections that he can make between like... Hip hop, a film, and a wrestling. That's movie. painful sometimes. And a though. sports reference somehow. That's, like that's it's pain. Sometimes it's a real stretch. I would be like Vince McMahon. I'd be sitting there going, "What a maneuver!" Yeah. <laughs> For most of the time. Oh, he fell I'll right on it. his back. Yeah. <laughs> he spiked him right on his head. It's called a DDT, yeah. dude. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I I would like to think that I you know if. If I were involved with it, in it, I, I would probably gravitate towards the commentary desk. But if I were to do that, it would be something that I'd have to put a lot of work into because I know what's required for it. And I know that currently sitting here right now, as of today, I'm not where I would want to be to be the best commentator I could. Uh, but that's Agreed. the case for any of these 
um, positions that he's talking about. You know what I mean? Like, could I do a manager role? Sure. I've, I've done acting before him. I can, I can be a big personality. I can piss people off. I, I have a surprise for you. Um, it's unfortunate that WWE 2K20 has had the technical issues that it's had, that it's had uh, since release a f- couple weeks ago. Um, it is my intention for you patrons, since most of you listening to this probably are patrons, uh, it is my intention to build the BWO universe wrestling promotion. Oh, Jesus. Uh, in on Twitch, and I'm going to do it all live. We're going to start from scratch. We're going to build a whole thing from the ground up, and we're going to use the patrons likenesses as our wrestlers i hope you guys enjoy that Uh, we did a thing earlier this year where we did like some weird matrix of names and everybody came up with their wrestler name uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna pull that back up and we're gonna make we're gonna build a lot of folks out there and i'm gonna be reaching out to each of you uh to to do this but there will be an opportunity sir ian dangerous for us to call our own shows and I haven't shared a lot of this yet because I haven't really worked through all of the details of the logistics of how we're going to do this and schedule it and do <laughs> yeah, everything. Let me know when you But get I got that. big plans okay. for, uh, for, for that. It's unfortunate right. because I wanted to get started a couple of weeks ago when the game came out, but it is, it is, it's not broken seen a lot of updates. Yeah. It is completely broken, and it's thrown a big monkey wrench in that whole plan. So stay with me. Bear with me as uh, we figure some of that stuff out. But, yeah, you might get your wish, uh, Billy. We'd get to hear us be commentators oh, you, you, of our very own promotion you poor, coming poor soon. Uh, Billy also asked uh, – oh, that was his second question. Never mind. Uh, thank you very much, Billy, for, for the questions there. I really enjoyed both of those. Next up uh, is a tough one, Ian. Uh-oh. Esme, Esmeralda asks, New Japan versus AEW Super, Super Slam. <laughs> Two nights long. Book it. Two nights long. <laughs> um, well, so it's basically Wrestle Kingdom with AEW superstars. Yeah, is what you're saying right. What that, right? Exactly. That's kind of what I'm th- saying. Is like they've already. Well, what's also so much of AEW came from Japan or still has working relationships right. with Japan. In the case of Jericho, um, I mean, you know, there's a, are there a lot of matches I could I could. See, wanting to see, yeah, right off the we bat, had, we had several of them in the G one. Moxley Suzuki, give me that right now, just yeah, Moxley Suzuki. They and keep I want it to go me. on for two days. Yeah, right. Have it on both days with no <laughs> time limit. <laughs> um, what else would I like to see? Uh, let's see that we haven't already seen. We're getting Tanahashi Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom. You know, I. That's the thing is, I like young bucks have we've worked. We've seen all the way Okada Jericho. We've seen Omega Jericho. I'm yeah. sorry, America, Omega Okada multiple times. Jesus, yeah. I mean, that's right. Have we seen Cody Okada? I don't want to see Cody Okada. Cody's not on Okada's level. I, I don't. I, I, no, that would I embarrass. I that would embarrass Cody. But, you know, put Cody with someone who you can work more of a um, a personality angle with, like Naito or something like that. You know, um, uh, Cody had some great matches with Ibushi while he was there. Esme, I'm going to throw like, this one like back to you work, as but. well. I want to hear your New Japan versus AEW Super Show. And do me a favor, put that in a new post on Patreon, and we'll uh, we'll rate it, and we'll work with the other patrons, and we'll throw ideas in there. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to hear – because in my mind, a lot of the stuff that I would book, we've already seen. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen Pac versus Osprey. Um, not in Japan, but I've seen it. Uh, it was fine. You know, uh, I wouldn't mind Pac versus Dragon Lee or Pac versus um, Hiromu. 
We saw Mox versus everybody in G1, block of G1. G1 this year. Yeah. I, I'll watch him in Ishii again, though. I'll tell you what. Uh, Jake, Jake Hager versus Ishii might be a bit of a mismatch because Jake's just so goddamn big. Um, but I still Jake Hager versus Lance Archer. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a good match. I don't know if it'd be like a super show match, but maybe. I mean, the, uh, Lance Archer's the, the U.S. champ right now, so why not? Um, we the people. Or, you know, Hager versus Juice would be a good match, too, I think. I think that would actually end up being pretty good. Hager, Juice Robinson? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah? I think that could, be, that could be a good match. Uh, try the Sammy Guevara versus any, any of the juniors. Osprey. Guevara, Osprey. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, that would be a good one. Um, yeah. I'm trying to... Uh, yeah, private, pri- Guevara, oh, private, fun. private party versus show and yo would be a fun match. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be fun. Uh, I think I was thinking of somebody oh. for Bushi a minute ago. Um, okay, well, when you come up with it, let me know. But I was just gonna say, yeah, um, stuck. you know, if you had uh, like a, a nice build for it, doing a Jay White Dustin Runnels program, right? So the old veteran versus this young whippersnapper asshole, and I. Guarantee Jay could get a good match out of Dustin and vice versa. Yeah, I'm all in on that. That, one. that could be a fun Holy one. Smokes. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the AEW big talent, Kenny Young Bucks, Cody. It's why it's all, why New Japan doesn't want to work New with Japan. them is because they really they ransacked New Japan when they left, and New Japan feels kind of you know screwed over. As you should, as they should. Yeah, I don't I don't blame them. I don't also think that they need to you know swallow the the medicine and get back together with AEW and try to work something out because it will be advantageous for both companies. Totally. But can, can you imagine Okada walk out? Have we figured out what AEW is going to make their WrestleMania? Like their bit is it going to be all out, all in and all out in September? No idea. I I don't know if they know. Yeah. Uh, to be determined still at this point. But yeah, I mean imagine Okada or Tanahashi or somebody walking out uh, during their big show like well, that. Well, I'm very I, curious what they're planning. Stuff like that would be huge. Well, it, you know, if, because it looks like Jericho's still going to be the champ in January. I can't see why he wouldn't be the champ. As we said um, on the previous, on our, on our daily show today, you know, taking the title off of Jericho now is basically throwing away money. Right. Um, so I can't see taking the title off of him. Do you then have your AEW champ lose to Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom? Because I have a hard time thinking of Tanahashi putting him over. Unless there's some some sort of get back match at some point. No, then you've got the AEW Championship in Japan, and you have to. You, I mean, that's a great story. You got to send people to go get the, the no. AEW Championship back. Yeah, like some kind of weird invasion angle. You've got to AEW's got to invade New Japan, and well, I mean, maybe they least, just show up and run rough shot. At least they're not like taking a New Japan title to the United States and holding it hostage, like Brock Lesnar did, which he, mm-hmm. when he when he took the IWGP title and said they didn't pay me enough and didn't give the title back. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to, and he had to lose it over in. I, what he had to lose it in, um, in all Japan, or it was it was Anoki, it was Anoki's uh, genome feder, uh, federation. He lost it to Kurt Angle, and then Kurt Angle went back to IW to the to the New Japan and unified the titles. It was a whole crazy right. thing. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm very curious to see what they do with with Jericho and Tanahashi in Wrestle Kingdom, like how they. This is tougher than I thought when I first saw her question. Um, well. I, I don't. Today. I think you could you could book a show and have a whole bunch of great matches, but the problem is, is we've seen a lot of the matches that you could have because so many people came from New Japan. I think that's it really my be issue. New, it wouldn't be right. You know, oh getting, my god! Getting like new interesting matches would be the toughest part. 
you know, because and, and again, who do you put Kenny against? Because he was he's been against everybody in New Japan. How do you get an interesting match out of that? This is not looking very good for our resume for our new promotion that's opening up in our neighborhood. We're, we're not doing a good job here. Uh, Nick, I'll tell you what. If we can get everyone on the AEW roster and everyone from the uh, New Japan roster to show up in our local promotion, uh, I, I think that we will not have to worry too much about no. who we book against who. Yeah, yeah, the door would be pretty nice for that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you very much, Esme, as always. Uh, next up, Lionel Hernandez asks... Uh, hey guys, how are you? Great show, like always. Worst storyline of all time for me: the invasion. All those potential WWE versus WCW dream matches pissed up the wall because Vince was scared of looking weak and rushed it. Oh, and it still burns me to this day that Booker T lost at Mania 19. Thanks and stay sexy. Hard um, to argue he, with. That. I think we've been asked this question before, and I think that was, I think that was the one we said too was invasion. Because it killed it killed WWE. I mean, the stone the Stone Cold heel turn into Invasion killed the wrestling landscape for ten years. I I give more credit to the heel Stone Cold heel turn than I do the rest. I I think that if you take your that top guy that he was and and do that, uh, that was that was the beginning of the end. I, I think it did more damage than the rest of the stuff. Here's and then of course yeah. Vince walking out and going I'm on him. You know, a couple years. So, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, uh, even Stone Cold, even Stone Cold regrets it now. And and you know, he said he he thought it was fun creatively at the time. And from a creative standpoint, yeah, it was an interesting idea, but it was a terrible idea too. Like timing what, was terrible. Oh, the timing was terrible on it. Uh, wrong time to do it. Wrong way to do it. Um, still a great end to that match because it's just like holy crap. But the fallout was just so brutal on that, and. I mean, we could go into like there's been so many storylines that are just dumb and useless. You know, whether it's Katie Vick or or you know the uh, the current storyline with Rusev and Lana is just one of a million cuckold, stupid. You know, uh, I, you love the Test and Stephanie and Hunter storyline. I hated that thing. I thought it was horrible. And that, that uh, that's 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 the great granddaddy of this current Rusev and Lana storyline to me. Sure. Um. So all of those could, but but here's the thing: the invasion is, I think, the worst angle of all time because it killed WWE. You had, like like he said, you had the ability to unify two companies and make both companies bigger. You were at, the, like, everyone was watching wrestling. It was the highest ratings they'd ever had. And instead of having some humility and getting over the new guys, giving a palpable threat to the new guys letting them win some damn matches so you could have an interesting storyline, you basically used it as a petty way to get back at these guys who were working for a company that was working against you for the last few years. Guys yeah. who just wanted to, to, to make ends meet and get a paycheck. And you screwed them all over, made them look like idiots in a petty get-back uh, kind of way, and it screwed your whole company. Like if, if you want to talk about karma on Vince, that's it right there. Like You lost... Five million viewers, because you wanted to get back at somebody who insulted you, and and you got back on that on that you know by getting back at the people like the the peons. Not you didn't kill the officers of the other army. You killed the the soldiers who were just doing following orders. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's wild. It's such a it's a crazy thing, and you can see it to this day where they have a hard time wrapping their heads around the idea that if you have an invasion angle. You have to get over the invaders, 
whether it's Nexus, whether it's NXT right now in the current product, you have to let the people that are invading look strong because then when you beat them, your guys look stronger. If you beat a bunch of goons, your guys don't look strong. They look like bullies. And the other guys look like it, it, the whole thing doesn't isn't isn't a a catchy storyline. Yeah. Um, so can't argue with it. I have I have two honorable mentions I want to put in here as well. We we all kind of universally loathe the invasion. There's two honorable mentions I want to give. Uh, basically anything to do with Mae Young. Um, <laughs> just no. Like every, a, there was some good Mae Young stuff. I mean. Not the birthing, hand, birthing the hand with not, Mark, and just yeah, not not the swimsuit competition. Um, and anybody that watched ECW um, probably knows about cru- the Sandman crucifixion story. I thought that was cool as hell. A little beyond what they needed to go, but you know, it's fine. I mean, okay, this one gets into religious territory, and I don't want to go there. But I, I just want to say it's like if you're able to completely offend so many fans at an ECW show. The fans were offended. They, Kurt Angle was offended. Yeah, to That's the why they point, apologized. Look, to the point that Raven had to just like completely break down and come out like, guys, we took that one too far. We're sorry. <laughs> like they had to come out and like apologize at the time like completely break all this so my cons- this is the one that's that kind of stood out to me is one of the, whenever the, this is ecw as well like anything okay. goes nothing's off limits but you somehow still manage to take something too far see my counterpoint to that would be that it wasn't a storyline that's just an angle on a night and sure they didn't that the fans were like all right that's a little much but no one in the crowd was really like they they, they didn't i don't think they really responded that well to it but they weren't like Offended, they were the, the, what they what they were trying to do is get Kurt Angle to work for ECW. They had him backstage, and he saw that and was like, "This is the kind of stuff you guys are doing here." And Paul was like, "Uh, uh, uh." And because of Kurt Angle and what he felt about it, they sent Raven out to apologize afterwards. So yeah, that's that's why they did that, and it was only on one night. The whole angle that was going on, the Raven Sandman storyline, was awesome. Like with Raven, yeah, it was good. With, with Raven brainwashing Sandman's kid and everything, like that was a great storyline. That particular angle on that night, maybe wasn't the the they didn't meh, maybe wasn't the best idea. Maybe they didn't think that one through. They didn't think that one through so much. <laughs> Meanwhile, three years later, they crucify Stephanie and Stone Cold on on TV. So you know, <laughs> I guess it's just all in in how you pull it off. What was your other one? You said you had two. Oh, basically anything to do with May Young. You know, oh, that's right. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, not you the, not the, some of some of the not, stuff they did with Vicky Chavo and Eddie. You know, are just kind of. Mm, we've heard of Eddie exploitation. You know, we've heard of, uh, you know, some of the ways that they've dealt with a lot of that. I don't know. I, I there was a lot of questionable shit that happened in the mid two thousands that I mostly I mean, want to forget. You can <laughs> the go, you the can go Edge to the and end. Lita sex live in a ring thing just. Go to the mm. end of the end of the two thousands, and anything that Vince Russo wrote for TNT is some of the worst storylines you'll ever read in your life. Oh, oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, there's some good examples if you guys are looking for some fodder to go back and and rewatch and remind yourself of how good things actually are right now. <laughs> Dungeon of Doom. Oh God, there's no Hulkamaniacs here. Where am I, brother? 
Thank you very much, Lionel, for the question. Uh, finally, last but certainly not least, uh, Chris asks us, since the three-way Becky Bailey and Baszler is all set to take place at Survivor Series, ah! which title will Charlotte win to be inserted <laughs> into it? <laughs> yes! That's so true. Oh, that's so good. Could the reason Charlotte didn't uh, seem to get into the match... What, what is this? Could the reason Charlotte didn't seem to get into the match on Monday be because she was mad that she does not have a big match for Survivor Series yet? Also, when does the last Brock Lesnar match without a title... When was the last Brock Lesnar match without a title? I guess technically you could say money in the bank. Yeah, well, that wasn't a match. He just ran down and took it. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a match, and he won... I don't know. Kind of. That's a good, that's a good question. I'd have, I'd actually have to go back and dig to find when Brock Lesnar wasn't in a match that a title was not involved. Was involved in. Yeah, it's been a while. Wow. Been a, been a while. It's been a while. Um, do we see Charlotte getting inserted to make this a fatal four-way somehow at uh, Survivor Series? I, no, because apparently they're going to put the tag team championships oh, on God, Charlotte here and Natty. We go. No, don't, no. You got to be out of your damn minds. No. No. Um, Barry Oscar even further. I, <laughs> I Jesus Christ. Um, is the 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 one hope the one hope we see in this is that Charlotte is currently, quote unquote, assigned to Raw, right? So she can't go get Bailey's title because Bailey is obviously the most vulnerable right now. Becky's not dropping her title to Charlotte right now. It's not happening. They need they need Becky in this match. Yep. As much if not more than they need Charlotte. Yeah, they need a face. So I think we're safe. <laughs> I think I think they booked themselves into a corner here. Like, damn it, we forgot. Charlotte has to be on SmackDown to take Bailey's title. I think we're safe. For now. For now. We we're gonna two give, weeks left. We're gonna give Charlotte a break. She and Andrade are gonna go gonna go on some more beach vacations. I right. think we're I think we're safe. For now. Um to the Mexican Riviera. <laughs> Why, why are they taking all these trips to like like tropical beach vacations? If you looked it, like they those two and you were in love, wouldn't you? And you had the money and the ability, you would too. You go to tropical vacations as it is. What do you mean? Yeah, why one, do they once I a year? I'm the not one who every other back week. Here in L.A. and works and has to do things. You're the one who takes two weeks off to go to Barbados or wherever the heck you went. Don't come to me. Why do they go to tropical islands? You tell Turks me, tropical boy. Because it's because it's awesome. Okay, I'm sure it must be. And, and I, I imagine I barely, it must be. I barely get to go once a year to to to. Oh, barely, they're going every other weekend. I barely based on get their to Instagram. go. You know the last time I took a vacation was Howell. You know when the last time I took one before uh, three years ago. Before well, before three years ago. Well, the last three years you made it for lost time. Yeah, I have. I, I know. Have, everybody should. I have. I know. You worked and I'm you earned bad. them. Yeah, I did. I'm the opposite. I used to take a lot of vacations back in my twenties. Now I haven't taken a vacation. God, years, seven, I went eight for years. My my senior cruise in high school. Oh God, the we're mid supposed 90s. to talk about wrestling. I know you 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 questioned it. What are you for a senior cruise? What that, that was do? the last vacation I took before 2016. Oh wow, that wasn't that wasn't re <laughs> that wasn't related to family or it was just me, right? So yeah, it, it had been a minute. So and then when I did, I went, "Oh, this is actually really nice. I should probably do this." Okay, more often. well, you're answering your own question. Why do yeah. Charlotte Flair and Andrade take these beach vacations? Because they work their asses off yes. for years and years and years, and we're in Andrade's case probably poor, and in Charlotte's case, 
probably also poor because her dad's bankrupt all the time. Right. And, you know, they're working their butts off for years and years and years. Now they're finally at a place where they can take a vacation. You're damn right they're going to go to the, the tropical yeah. beaches. That's what you do. Yeah. There you go. I do it once a year. They go every other week. Well, That's the difference. <laughs> Based on their Instagram. Then they all, they Maybe get, they're stockpiling pictures and Then they go get them beat up for nine months out of the year. So Hey, more power to them. Yeah. More power to them for Amen. sure. Thank you very much, Chris. For the, Was that all of Chris's questions? Uh, yeah, okay. He was asking some ret- funny rhetoricals there. All right. Uh, thank you very much, guys, for, uh, for hanging out. Uh, we got to get out of here and go hang out uh, for the buy-in pre-show, which is going to be going uh. on over on Facebook. We're going to be having a Facebook watch party for the AEW full, fuel, full gear buy-in full kickoff gear, show pre-show. Uh, all the, all the pre-show names that we want to, uh, so make sure you guys are ready in the Facebook group. I'm going to be launching that as soon as we get done with the show here. So be ready. Uh, but you got to be in the discussion group to be there. So if you're listening to this and you're not watching live, make sure that you are in our Facebook discussion group. Just search for busted wide open, like our page and send us a join request. We'll get you right in there and you can get into that at the top of that group. You will find a link to our discord community where we have live chats for all of the shows throughout the week as well as tonight's Full Gear main show. Mm. We'll all be in there chatting live, as reacting as we go throughout AEW Full Gear. F- fuel, full, full Gear, you had it. You had full, it. I did say it right you the had first it time. Right. Oh, my God. Yay. <laughs> right before the show, Nick got it right. Way to go. As well as we'll have a dedicated channel for Survivor Series coming up a couple of weeks from tomorrow, as well as any other shows going forward. Uh, we got Ring of Honor, Impact, NWA, all uh, AEW, everything in the Discord. So make sure you guys are joining that. It is a very hot, up-and-coming, budding wrestling community. And thank you to everybody uh, for hanging out in there with us. We love it. And keeping all the spoilers out of the Facebook group and in the Discord. Thank you very much for that. You keep our good moderator, Jared, sane by doing so. And shout-out to na- Jared a, for all the, the work thing. he does. It's a slight it is, thing. It is it's hard very, work keeping all the spoilers out of that stuff. The hard thing the, keeping uh, Jared sane, I think, is what I was going for. Yeah, oh, totally. Absolutely. Uh, to the fact that he may be sane is also a stretch. That's very questionable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast right here on YouTube, live streaming Tuesdays at 8 p.m., Saturdays at 3 p.m. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you've got that notification bell ticked so you get alerted anytime we put up new content. YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open and the patron show, Patreon.com slash BWO. This show is our patron mailbag. It is just for all of you to get your listener questions in every single week so that we can answer them for you. We're very hopeful you're very happy to have your own dedicated series now uh, within the Busted Wide Open universe, and we want to make sure that you guys are getting some value out of this. So we take more time to answer more questions and answer them more in full length. So thank you guys every single week for sending in your questions. If you want to get in on some of that, patreon.com slash BWO. All you got to be is at that $5 tier, and you'll also get access to show notes at the $10 tier. In addition, you can also get access to monthly bonus episodes that we put out, merchandise, sweet swag, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff over there at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.